I am your host, Adam Jamel. And I'm Aaron Schroeder. That is right. I, I watch I way. Do it that way now. I don't know. You, you're sounding more and more like Nosferatu, if I'm being real. <laughs> um, uh, you're even wearing a Cthulhu shirt, actually. So the whole creep thing is really coming in strong. Coming in from a basement, like you're like yeah. you're hunkered in somewhere. You know, as soon as you said it out loud, I had to think, is Cthulhu off limits now that we know the truth behind H.B. Lovecraft? Oh, oh, it's all. Well, Cthulhu himself isn't racist. Just the man who wrote about him. <laughs> okay, great point. Cthulhu is still cool. And there's an alien to offset it. So everything's mellow. Oh, here. that's awesome. I love it so much. This is not a Cthulhu podcast, actually, nope. though. Um, This is the Quack 12 podcast, the most <laughs> official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web footosphere. And Aaron, I've been watching way too much Oregon Ducks sports. But it's been a good thing. It's been an optimistic thing. Not only that, but I've been keeping my eye on recruiting because we're we've finally gotten to the point where I give even a little bit of a shit about recruiting. Uh, what have you been watching, my man? Anything interesting? I've Any watched about sports? two minutes of college basketball in mm. the last week. Mm -hmm. About two minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What else have you been watching? You been watching anything fun? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Peacemaker is great. Oh, Peacemaker is on HBO Max, not, yes, not a sponsor. There's okay. uh, that new The Gilded Age as well on the Max, which is great. With, with Christine Bransky. The great I don't Christine know who Bransky. that is. Uh, you she's, wouldn't, but she's who, the lead in it. She's the old lady, I do believe. She's great. She's on The, the good old fight. lady the you think wife. is the lead? I don't know. I don't watch the show. The lead are the young people. See, I was trying to get you to talk about AEW, but I guess I wasn't I wasn't obvious enough. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> I've also been watch I watched AEW wrestling last night. That's right. I've I'm just getting into it. I'm getting very into it. I love the Dude. gimmicks of it, the pageantry. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love it. Watching AEW uh now if you tried to go watch WWE. Oh no, thank you. It's impossible because WWE's whole thing is Big dudes, big hits. So it's really slow and just it sucks the energy out of you watching these giant dudes. But AEW is absolutely like bananas at all times. I, I want I want gimmicks. I want yes. pageantry, costumes, yes. characters, and I want acrobatics. Yes. And it really gives you all that. There's a Japanese guy that I hope that AEW has the wherewithal to bring in mm. who has some of the most beautiful um, costumes. And I don't remember his name. I've only seen him wrestle once. Mm -hmm. But he did this amazing thing where he took his thumb like this. Mm -hmm. He's doing a he, thumbs up for people not watching this on YouTube. Right. Yeah. He, he made a big old thumbs up. But then mm -hmm. he took that thumb mm -hmm. and he shoved it up. His oh, no. opponent's butthole. Oh, no way. By doing that, he was then <laughs> able to control him. And so there was other wrestlers in the ring. It was like a big Royal Rumble type match. And so then that guy goes and he sticks his thumb up a dude's oh, butt. Oh, no. And then it becomes this giant train oh, of the my. Japanese dude controlling them. And then he does like a thing and they all explode everywhere. And he can like freeze time. Oh boy! Well, I, know, I mean, I he's, he is absolutely the best at the pageantry. I guess import him over here. Uh, yeah, just, we need it. 
I'll just quickly uh, list a few of my favorite characters I've seen so far. Quick, uh, yeah. Number one, the guy I like, he's very new. He was an indie wrestler. Now he's big time. Dan Housen got a Nosferatu right. vibe. Hasn't even fought anyone yet. I think his tagline is like very nice, very evil. It's got very like cool makeup. I, I, I like wonder, you know, he kind of gives me Paul Bearer vibes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, uh, some other one I like this guy named the chairman. His only gimmick is that he pulls out a chair and he hits people with it. That's pretty generic, but he seems to be kind of having an he has an O face every time he does it. Like he's getting way too much pleasure every time he's hitting people <laughs> the, with a chair. The pleasure. I really love that. And then uh, MJF is the greatest heel in the game. Greatest heel he, ever. He's seen. really great at being a total piece of shit. I, I do love it because here's the thing you don't you know only just be like a cheater and in like an evil and a bad guy as a heel that's that's good enough usually he's yeah. also a coward and I think right. that is so funny to like yeah. run away from the ring you know right. I, I just really relate to that um a lot of fun it's been a lot you of know, fun so you said you didn't know too much about Jericho that is actually a big part of Jericho's thing too is that Whenever he's in heel mode, he truly is just like a total, total slime bog, slime bag. But at the drop of a hat, he will also just run away. And I, it's I love super it. Super hilarious because it makes you hate him more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to love those heels in college, yeah. uh, football, in, uh, in, in wrestling. You got to love The them jaw all. drops on some of the audience members after last night's uh, main oh, event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did not believe that CM Punk lost in his hometown. Spoiler it was alert. So rad. Spoiler alert. But so uh, yeah. hilarious. You know, uh, wrestling it, moves so fast. I feel like you, it's two hours later. Everybody knows everything about what happened. Yeah. Well, uh, if you liked this uh, little discussion here and you want to hear more, um, either hit us up on social media at Quack 12 Podcast and say, hey, good job. I would like to hear more of that. Or if you really want to hear about it, if you go over to our Patreon, if we get enough of you over there, we'll do a special episode of it. Uh, otherwise, tell I'm us, talking, shut the hell up about AEW. <laughs> okay, yeah, either this is the last time we talk about AEW or you want to hear it so bad, I am willing to do a whole new series where all we do is a weekly show about AEW. Yeah, we scrapped, we scrapped the Quack 12 and we just go in AEW. And it really could flip. I could become <laughs> the somewhat connoisseur of what's happening. And I'm the Aaron. And I'm, I'm catching you up slowly and surely. Ah, well. Uh, of course we can't be doing that because the Ducks are coming up Not real on this good episode. this week. Not on this episode. And, and well, I don't know. I, I'm a little too dedicated to the Ducks for that. I'm, my brain is way too far gone for that. But let me tell you, it's been a wonderful week of Duck basketball. Really? Uh, n- oh, yeah. Not That's only that, but even bigger than that, even bigger than uh, the hard court, we're talking about National Signing Day for football. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. So, as you know, this is, I mean, this is the big time. Uh, we, our staff is recruiters. We're here for the crews. Like that is That's Dan Landy we went out there and he crewed crewers. That was his main plan. Um, and so if we were to, you know, when you when your head coach leaves, goes off to Miami, slicks that hair gel in his hair so quickly, mm. um, so late in the season, it really does. I mean, it's guaranteed it's going to bomb your recruiting class. And not only that, 
but um, you may not recover. Depend. It all depends on who you got. And Absolutely. Dan Lanning, you get it. And, and Dan Lanning, not only that, but he was still coaching at Georgia, so his full attention was not on the Ducks. Um, so there's a lot of questions about that. Uh, we, you know, we obviously we got that taste of of really good recruiting classes, and mm-hmm. it's hard to go back after that. It really is. I've been frightened. Yeah. And, and let me tell you this, man. As of right now, uh, we're recording this uh, February 3rd. It's 8 p.m. right now. It's actually halftime of the Oregon men's basketball game versus Colorado. And my God, Colorado. am I excited to talk about that first half. Woo! Yeah. But first. Uh, yeah. But first, Oregon football is ranked number 25 nationally, which is pretty damn good, all things considered. Um, Yeah, number 25 nationally, and actually doing really good as far as the Pac-12 is concerned. Only Stanford and, get this, Arizona, out of nowhere, Arizona, who's just been terrible this season, um, they are both ahead of us uh, in the Pac-12. Uh, oh yeah, they're paying people. Yeah, and money. That nil money. It's it's a big deal. And for Arizona, when you're that bad, you can also be like, hey, you're gonna get playing time. The person who's got the starting spot right now, he sucks. You're gonna get playing time. Damn. <laughs> so that now that's a too. fucking wild card right there, right? Wild card for a wild cat. But um, not only that, but uh, those two teams are getting a lot more players than we have in our class right now. Right now, um. I do believe we have 14 players who have signed that letter of intent. We also have uh, some of these one... have been around for a while, though, right? Yeah. I mean, some of them signed in like the early period. Some of them um, like left the Ducks after Mario left, but then decided to come back. That's right. I'm just so some of the ones that off the t- and, and, you know, we also have transfers from other schools uh, like Jordan Riley is a defensive lineman uh, from Nebraska. He's a corn husker, a.k.a. a bug eater. He came over. He's 330 pounds, six foot five. He barely played, honestly, over in Nebraska. So that is a little tough, but that's some beef. And you just got to hope that like Lupoi and all of them are, are like see something in him that they like. Uh, we also got like Christian Gonzalez. I like this. Christian Gonzalez from Colorado, really good defensive back, and is really going to help us out because that's a position okay. of need. Uh, as okay. you know, Bo Nix, Auburn's quarterback, he's transferred over here a while ago. Um, actually, we got someone from uh, the Huskies. We talked about this. Sam Taimani, he's a defensive lineman. And then we also got a new kicker. I don't know how you feel about that. New kicker. Cam Lewis is still here. Don't worry about that. But... Andrew Boyle, the number one ranked transfer kicker from Washington State, is now a duck. Supposedly, this dude, like Camden Lewis, his strength is accuracy. This dude's got Yeah, is it? (laughs) I mean, it is, surprisingly. (laughs) It it was. Well, unless he's playing Utah, apparently. But everyone else, this last Look, he has been known to be accurate. He has also been known to be... Very not accurate. Very frustrating. So I can totally get a brand new coach with a brand new staff being like, maybe, maybe I don't trust this kid because I haven't been here to watch him practice. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of that, right? Like these are new relationships that are formed. Right. It's trippy. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you this, man. 
Um, someone yeah, what's more up with ex- this kid? Can he kick a sixty-five footer? I think, yeah, he. I think he did kick something like that. I mean, no one was on the field, you know, like it was sure. complete, like just Instagram kind of thing. But he's he was draining this. deep shots. Oh, sure, looking his finger a little northeast. Yeah, if you want to see these hand <laughs> gestures, by the way, at Quack Twelve uh, on YouTube, please go over there so you can see these beautiful faces of ours. Um, maybe not this one since we're showing the game now that I'm realizing it. But there's some stuff over there that's beautiful. Uh, some of the players that are really exciting me got four-star linebacker Devin Jackson of Omaha, Nebraska. I'd want to get the hell out of Omaha, Nebraska, too. I get it. Uh, Jaleel Tucker. A lot of people saying, like, actually, he's low-key our best. Um, Jaleel Tucker. Hold on, we got to throw this. Holy shit. This dog is balancing on this dude's hand at the halftime. That looks like... Oregon versus Colorado. That looks like our new little guy, but with he's, longer legs. He's adorable. Oh, um, Jaleel Tucker, though, is a uh, I- I'm excited for him. Another a cornerback. We desperately need cornerbacks. as yep. well know. And Jaleel Tucker from San Diego, California. We, we kept him on this side. He's got six foot tall, 180 pounds. Uh, Jaleel Florence was a huge one. A couple of Jaleels now. One with an H, one without Jaleel Florence, six foot one, um, 180 pounds. Fast as hell. You'll notice that's a trend. Fast, fast, fast. A lot of these players. And we were that was a competition between us and Lincoln Riley at USC. And he ended up choosing us. And let me, I, I think you're going to like this move. Dan Lanning, as he, so he just won the national championship, Alabama versus Georgia. Georgia gets the upset a lot because of Dan Lanning's defense and they win, right? Right. He goes into the, uh, into the tunnel. And like immediately after winning that game, Dan Lanning grabs his phone, calls up Jaleel Florence and says like, hey, you got to come play. Like you, you see me on TV right there, just just winning a national championship. You got to yeah. join me at Oregon. So that was nice to hear that his thoughts cool. were immediately on Oregon, you know, like that he that he did both. Um, I am going to interrupt you. I do believe the second half has begun. That is right. And um, we are officially into it. Oregon Ducks up 36 to 35 at the half. Uh, mainly due to Jacob Young. Jacob Young is ferocious. I love that. Like, he's the wild card of the team. It seems like we live or die by yeah. how Jacob Young's doing. Um, hey, Adam. Yeah. What's while that? we are starting this second half, are mm-hmm. you able to AB our first half with how we did last time well, against I'll- Colorado? I'll tell you this much. Uh, last time against Colorado, first of all, um, we did not invite our friend James Foss back because we're trying to figure out if he's a good luck charm or not. We lost that game, and it's possibly all his fault. So, Also, real piece of shit, that guy. He's a, he, may, <laughs> he may be a real piece of shit. <laughs> Just kidding. We he's love you, uh, probably one of our a better better guests oh absolutely but he may be banned too if we find out that he's a jinx um, oh shit i mean you know you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do uh so last time we played colorado as you remember uh we were we were doing the same thing watching the game while recording an episode and we had a bit we had a good halftime lead we started off scoring like 13 and 0 like it looked like we were just gonna run through colorado right but Colorado's game is on the boards 
and they beat us on the boards real bad. We were giving them just all the opportunities that they could possibly want. And eventually what is on the boards. Does that mean using the that, backboard? Oh, yes, it does, Aaron. It means the backboard. It's that battle of the boards, baby. You got to get those. Exactly. Oh, how I got to switch I over to Bill Walton. Square and nothing else. No, I mean, like, once that once that ball hits the backboard, you got to grab it. You got to grab it and defend it. Grab it for your team to get another shot. Ah. You're down, big man. That's what I'm talking about. Those rebounds is what Deep it's all about. Deep three. Boom goes the dynamite. From Quincy Guerrier. Uh, yeah, so it was a rough one because we were leading for so much, and then we lost 82-78. to 78, And it broke that streak, a really good streak, where we had destroyed Washington. We beat number five USC, number three UCLA, Oregon State, Utah. Like, we were on a pretty big streak. We're on a tear. And it killed our momentum. I'll tell you this. Uh, oh, well, yeah. So that's where we're at. Right now, we got a one-point lead. It's a very competitive game. We have never won in Boulder. Uh, every single time we've played this team here, we have never won in Boulder. So I'm hoping so, to God this is the one that breaks it. You know, it does start to make... Well, one, I believe we're actually going to win this game. I hope you're right. I don't know I why, but right. for some reason, I really feel like we're going to win this game. But also, that really concerns me. Because are we really not going to bring back Voss? Because that would be crazy. Oh, I'm joking. He'll be back as soon as he... Honestly, I offered to get him on here, but he's doing something better, so... Sure. <laughs> he's probably... Which on is watching it podcast. without being on the show. Yeah, he's like, I, he's like, I got stuff to do, which is not be on your podcast. There we Fair go. Enough. Make that extra point, baby. Fair enough. I love our big man on this team. I love him. Nefali yeah. Dante. I, I also love how just displeased Dana Altman is at all times, no matter if we're up by 30 or, or down by 30. You know, he Equally has very sympathetic eyebrows. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, he's very like, come on. Like, yeah, he's got that kind of face going on. Yeah. Um, great I dad say, energy. Oh, yeah. Great, great angry dad energy, too, I imagine. Yeah. Um, not bad Dave, dad, though. Not bad dad. He's a loving dad. He's just, he's a loving stern dad. daddy. Stern daddy. Maybe <laughs> yes, that's he's a very stern and strong daddy. <laughs> <laughs> These are this is starting to sound very sexual there. Um, I mean, Dave, he's starting to sound very sexy to me. I mean, he's Dana Allman, baby. Yeah. Uh, so a couple more of these recruits that I'm really liking. We got Dave Ayuli from Puyallup. Puyallup? Cool. I lived in Washington, and I still have such a hard time saying that word. Puyallup. Puyallup. Isn't it, isn't it like a W? Puyallup. Even Puyallup? though it's, Puyallup. it's spelled. I it's a yaw. I don't know. It's P-U-Y-A-L-L-U-P. But I believe it's pronounced Puyallup. I may be crazy. That actually sounds right. I don't this know. It sounds right. If you say it confidently, not that I did, people will believe you. Um, Four-star uh, linebacker, I do believe. Inside linebacker, which is we desperately need them. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Interior. Oh, no, no, no. Offensive lineman. What the hell am I talking about, my man? Uh, I'm sorry. It's been a long day. Are you uh, talking about football? We talking about football? Football? We talking about playoffs? Um, I'm very excited about him as a, as a lineman because um, he's got some beef. Six foot five, 315 pounds. He was a late commit, and it was good to see him. Uh, overall, I mean, I could not be more excited about this class. Uh, Jordan James is a running back that we got from Georgia. So, like, 
he was committed to Georgia, or or I think maybe it's the spoken thing. I'm not sure, but uh, Dan Landing flipped him, which is pretty badass. So we got another running back. Uh, Trajan Williams from Portland, Oregon, is one of the like home state people that we were able to lock down. He's cool. a safety, 5'11", 180. Uh, ben Roberts from Salt Lake City. He's a D lineman. I, I like all the defensive linemen we're getting. Uh, even though that's one of our, our stronger positions, I, I still like that we're getting it. Harrison Taggart, a linebacker. Taggart? I know. I hate I don't name. know how I feel about this fucking spy. I don't like, yeah, he's, it's probably, I agree, it's probably Willie Taggart's son, but uh, we'll have to keep an eye on him. Even though, um, like a nephew twice like removed that he's paying a hundred bucks a night yeah. to come over here and put penicillin in our butt cheeks. Okay, well, <laughs> that's a possibility. You're very butt-centered, this pod. Uh, Justice, Justice Lowe from Lake Oswego, Oregon. Not a fan of the city, but a fan of him. Six foot one, 182 pounds. Oh. He's an athlete coming here. It, it was. It's nice that they're getting these in-state prospects like Amarian Winston. Uh, maybe it's a Marion Winston. I think it's a Marion mm-hmm. Winston. I don't know. But uh, he's an edge rusher. So that's what Thibodeau's doing. We got to replace our edge rusher. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's six foot Well, I don't expect it to be better or no. equivalent. So it's whatever. He's a three-star. I mean, Kayvon Ooh. Thibodeau was, was basically the number. Mo- most people would consider him the number one person at his spot and maybe a number one pick in the NFL. So it's that's a tough one to match up to. Right. Um, you should strive to, kids. You should strive to. Absolutely. We got Michael Wooten. Gotta love Wooten. I love that. Dude, I love all Wootens. The drummer. Mm -hmm. The bassist. The bassist, yes. Uh, Others. I don't know. And others. Yeah. Kenny Wooten. Uh, We got uh, Kawika Rogers. Offensive tackle. And then we got... Stacked. Sir Mel's, which is a great freaking name. And he's been very active on Twitter, just like representing the duck. Sir Mel's, a defensive lineman. He's six foot four, 310 pounds. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, what can I say, dude? I'm I'm excited to see these dudes play. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, indeed. Um, so mm, so what? I don't know. How many of them are already past? How many of them are like on their third year of eligibility? Um, only the trans, like most of the people I just read are true, gonna be true freshmen here coming in. Cool. And we actually, uh, but only the transfers are the ones. Uh, and I'm actually not quite sure. I know Bo Nix, I think he has two years of eligibility. Okay. See, because yeah, if the transfers, mm-hmm. I'm fine with them having a year, but like, you kind of like that, football right? is weird like that. It's hard to get super excited when you've only got a year or two with them. And then if they're really good, then you've literally only got one year. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and a lot of people are talking about that. Tell you the truth is that it's changing the feel of it. Like a lot of people liked that. It was a game of continuity. You know, it was a game where you were training people up, making these young players better. Totally. Um, it's not quite that anymore. Unfortunately, it's, but we got to be cool with that. I mean, it's tough, right? They are slowly. I feel like they're slowly dropping the age entry point in the NFL. So soon enough, it's going to be 18 year old kids out there. <laughs> I mean, just like the NBA. I'll tell you this. The reason why they don't do that, why they like they like to have that. You need three years of being in the college system before you can go to the NFL is because 
unlike the NBA, you can put an 18 year old in the NBA and, you know, like it's not the kind of game where like physically, like if you can shoot that three, that deep three pointer, they probably got a spot for you. And if you can play D like, you don't have to be this true physical specimen sometimes, or you can already be that and you, and they don't need to take as long to develop you. But in Mm -hmm. football, they, the NFL wants you to be developed by college for at least three years. I guess it's also crazy to be like, we're going to grab this 19 year old kid. Who's got, Mm -hmm arguably two and a half years of true sports training in him. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make him go against a, you know, 28 year old seven oh, year yeah. veteran who yeah. is just going to smoke him continuously. Against, yeah. 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 Uh, and that would happen. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you this much uh, right now, as far as it goes, Texas A&M is actually number one. In, in recruiting in, in recruiting oh yeah dude they got the money baby they got that oil money you know that you know that baby hey uh yeah i'm not an aggies fan okay i was when i was a little boy really but then i immediately grew up because <laughs> i knew up. they were a sucker's game there you go i like it uh behind them alabama georgia sure. ohio state texas penn state these all make sense somehow you know, the usual suspects Yes, exactly. But uh, Baylor's like, not in there. You'd think that they would after what they got through. Baylor has be- been doing pretty good, but as far as recruiting, they've never been the best at it, honestly. Um, I'll tell you who's doing well at number 15. Uh, doesn't even have an offensive coordinator at this moment. Mario Cristobal in Miami living up to his name. Uh, number 15. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, that's what he does. That's what he freaking does. What can I say? I hope Dan Lanning's able to, you know, next season when he's got a full, like he's just focused on the Ducks, just fo- a full year of creating these uh, connections. I'm hoping Dan Lanning can exceed Cristobal because you know we're going to be comparing him to Cristobal well, for a very long time. I'm not going to say anything about that until Dan Lanning is back next year. For all yeah. I know, he's that gone. He's- could have a smoking hot year and just go to Notre Dame <laughs> yeah, Taggart, like Notre Dame, Taggart style, or yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, they want the right him done us, Adam, because we're the bad guys. We don't mm. deserve their love. If we're the bad, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. We're like Dan Housen and AEW. Um, uh, quick update on the current Oregon game: we mm-hmm. have a player down for Colorado. Yeah, we got a buff down. They're stretching out his leg. Uh, we also got a four point lead. I'm liking that. I'm uh, loving it. I am McDonald's for it. Stanford has set is 17th place with 22 commits, but their average is 87.86. So their average player is ranked 87.86. Us, on the other hand, we only have 15 commits, so significantly less. Our average is 89.82. So it's higher ranked recruits overall. We got seven four stars and eight three stars. You know, Arizona's 22. Uh, with uh, 22 commits too, so a yeah, lot, a lot more quantity than quality for them. I'll say. Oh, dude, yeah, you know, it's. I was thinking about it earlier. Whenever you first brought up how many, how low we were in the ranking, mm-hmm. it's not so much. Yeah, we're not looking for like a whole bunch of really shitty store bought mushrooms. You know, yeah. we're diving into the forest looking for that perfect chanterelle. Exactly. I like the way you think. 
Um, I'll tell you what sounds good to me. USC at number 65, which is low as hell. Uh, Washington State, number 64. This game is nuts. Washington State, number 64. Cal at 59. UCLA at 57. Oregon State above them at 55. That seems strange as hell to me to have Oregon State to be able to convince higher, more players and higher quality players to go to Corvallis, Oregon than Los Angeles. What the hell are you doing? Specifically, Chip Kelly. What the hell are you doing? Because, like, Lincoln Riley, he just got there. You can give him credit. Dude. Chip Kelly, what the hell are you doing, man? I feel like I speak for all of America whenever I say nobody likes Chip Kelly. <laughs> yeah. No. He's a Dude. bummer. <laughs> UCLA fans don't. I can tell you that much. I mean, man. come on. He's no good. He hasn't been good forever. He's not. He's going to barely give him. He's going into this next season hoping to win seven games, brother. You speak a lot of sense, actually, man. <laughs> uh, Colorado, number 47, which is good to see. And actually, Utah really capitalizing off that Rose Bowl win. Uh, I bet. 38. But notice there's a team in there I haven't mentioned because you got to scroll all the way down. Just above Central Michigan Chippewas, the Husker Dudes, just below the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, you got at number ninety-three out of I believe hundred and thirty. You got actually way more than that. I forget how many freaking schools there are. Um, you God, got the Huskies. You got the Huskies. Wow, that's how damn bad they're doing right now. Uh, that ain't good. They're nope. bad, and I enjoy it. So, yeah. I mean, that that's basically all I got to say about the recruiting class. I'm very excited about it. Here's the last thing I'm going to say about the recruiting class. What's up? And then we'll be on our merry way. Okay. There are too many schools. You've just enlightened me. There's too many schools. We need <laughs> to pare down the number of higher education learning facilities <laughs> from this ungodly number of triple digits to maybe 40 but I really want to have 36. There's 129 right now, but oh, I mean, that, ma- let's make it a solid 24 then because that's, that's D one. I mean, if need, you're talking- no, we need 24 universities period. So oh there's God. only 24 teams in the NF or in the football college world because it's too much to keep up with. I'll tell you this, Aaron, I respect your decision. I also think it's kind of fucking stupid and I don't agree with it. All right. Um, hey man, I'm here trying to make progress, all right? You can't make progress if you don't break some rules or if you don't start if you don't make 87% of the world a little bit more stupid so you You, can move forward. You know who you freaking sound like right now? You sound like the villain in Endgame who I'm having. Oh, you know, I've just been reading Bezos and uh, Cuban's (laughs) manifesto that they've been working up together. Oh, God. You can find a copy on. some deep web websites. <laughs> oh boy, you lost me at Manifesto. Usually that's a yeah. bad sign. Who am I thinking? Who's who's the villain in Endgame? I can't even remember his name. Josh I don't know Roland. what Endgame is. Uh, uh Avengers Endgame. Comic book movies. Have oh, you is heard that one of, of those these? Marvel movies? <laughs> yeah. Never seen them. I cannot for the life of me remember his name. Eh, it's purple guy. Purple guy. He looks like Grimace from McDonald's. I mean, let's be fair. He's about as fucking apt at taking over the universe. Wait, I guess he actually did it, though. 
he did do it, but then he didn't do it. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Now, I want to draw before we get to the end of this basketball game. I wanted to ask answer a question that we were asked last week by user YF7. Sorry, YFZ450 Duck, aka at Robbie FZ450 on Twitter. I asked for questions. He was the only one to give me a question. And then we didn't answer it last week. So I wanted to wow. get to it. How I typical. Know. The time you remember to ask for questions, we just ignore them. We just I'm ignore for it. it. Well, he asked, he asked a tough one, though. What kind, well, he specifically he said, what kind of O you think Dillingham running? Uh, what kind of offense do I think our our wonderful Dillingham, our offensive coordinator, uh, coordinator, will be running? Well, he actually came out with a quote, which does help us out a little bit, kind of the idea of what he may run at Oregon. And Aaron, I think it's a good it's a good way to get your interest back with the Ducks because I feel it slipping that Cristobal style of football. It was it was fun because you saw some elite players on the field but that offense would you agree with me was kind of hard to watch for most of the year i guess i never noticed it until i just wasn't really watching yeah but yeah it was very especially at the end it was I mean, very Utah, boring. dear lord it was just so are not. we talking are we go are we moving into air raid territory we're not moving to air raid but i'll tell you this we're going a lot closer to, you're going to hate this, but more of like what Chip Kelly used to do back in the day at Oregon, which made us a national like title contender, which made us, which changed, which literally changed the game of college football and eventually changed the game of NFL football because it was just such an awesome concept, which is basically, I'll tell you but- this. We're Didn't spreading Chip Kelly get more. fired from the NFL because it's well, yeah. outdated. Not because of that. A whole lot of other reasons why. Uh, yeah, don't worry. A whole lot of other reasons why. All right, we'll do that in a special episode too. Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, basically, the idea he he came out with an interview and he he specifically said these things, which is very coach talk, but I still like sure. it. He said he's going for he's looking for explosive playmakers. Oh, all right, heard it a million times. If I've I know exactly, he's he's got a pro style offense that plays fast. And this is the thing that piqued a lot of interest. He's looking to snap this ball over 80 times in a game. So he wants to go boom, 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 boom. He wants to run to the line and he wants as many plays as possible. And not only that, but there's been some really interesting things that he's done. That sounds like short plays. I mean, kind of, yeah. I mean, people were saying it's like, well, if you're scoring touchdowns, you shouldn't be maybe having that many plays. But like, uh, what he did with under Mike Norvell, which is at Florida State, that is where he was making play calls a lot more. Sure. Um, when he was there, he took a lot of what Mike Norvell was doing, which was focused a lot more around the tight end and like depending on where you're putting that tight end, it's going to influence a lot of what you're doing on the field. So you and, know, you're talking about butts. Uh, oh yeah, baby. Uh, so he, he can out be, he can be out there as a, like a halfback, you know, an H back. And in that way that helps with like the power with like a buck sweep with like, like with the counter. So 
not only that, but you can put him like in line. You can put him as a split end pass catcher. And so all this talk about like what happened with the tight end uh, at Florida State. I really think that's going to be coming a lot to Oregon, which means we want some tight ends to actually be able to run this shit. So I, I would love for DJ Johnson to, to just really have a second coming. I mean, he had a great last season, even he was injured for a bit, but like uh, just more of what we loved seeing him uh, under uh, doing under Moorhead. We got to see Patrick Herbert, please. God, let Patrick Herbert be fully that healthy. Could be fun. Because he's actually the kind of guy who can be like in line, split end, or an H back. Like he can really be the versatile thing we're looking for here. And then, or Cam McCormick, who's just perennially injured at the beginning of every season. Yeah. Making, last year, he made a huge play against Ohio State, and then that was it, and he's out for the rest of the year. He is on paper one of the kind of guys who could be a pivotal part in this offense. And except I, so that I, his paper also shows injuries yeah i mean sustained prolonged injuries yeah, it's rough it is rough in all caps <sighs> spencer what we Webb, need what's that? is like two potential j nova checks hmm. guys that, that just you can hit every time and, and it just... sticks to their hands like sushi rice you would love it right you would love it because the idea is too with that i mean it, it really is going to open up a whole lot of things to have a reliable tight end. And supposedly what Dillingham would like to do. And with all these recruits he's getting, they are fast. Like we got some people that are actually going to double on the track team. Most likely even interesting. Like they are. It is faster than we've been going under Cristobal. Uh, Cristobal liked his men, you know, big and strong and shit. A little more uh, leaning towards speed in this one. He's looking to try to get one-on-ones, you know, like trying to get seven McGee versus a defensive back that we think he'll have an advantage on. Uh, So so are you saying the whole of the offensive line is going to be losing some LBs? Not not the offensive line per se. Unfortunately, we actually didn't get too many offensive linemen in this class. They weren't Uh, super necessary, I guess. I mean, we're we're returning we're returning our starting offensive line, so that's should be a perk, you know. Oh man, we're watching Will Richardson pass it out to Eric Williams Jr., who drains that three. Uh, so I think that's enough Dillingham talk. I hope I answered your question here. Um, oh uh, right, we were talking about a question that got asked. I totally yeah. spaced that part. So that's what I think Dillingham is bringing. That's what he wants to bring to the table at Oregon. Uh, we got a lot of recruits that, in theory, should help that out. We got excellent wide receivers. You know, I'll say this: Dillingham's offense looked terrible at Florida State but they had a bad O-line. They had bad receivers. They were regularly shifting out like QBs. So it's hard to say. It's hard to say, really. Uh, just like Bo Nix, how it's like, Bo Nix didn't look very good at Auburn, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he'll look good because he's reunited with Dillingham. We'll have to see, my man. Uh, I hope I answered your question. It's a little late, but uh, I don't know. Hope it worked out there. Now, Let's actually get into some basketball because this game is looking like it may be the first time out of 11 shot, 11 tries that we could possibly beat, possibly knock on wood, the Colorado Buffaloes. And that to me sounds like that should introduce 
our newest segment, our newest oldest segment, Quacks It Ball. Quacks It Ball. Quacks It Ball. Quacks It Ball. That is right. Quacks It Ball, everybody. I made that that in DaVinci Resolve in about uh, 20 minutes. Hey, don't uh, be giving away our secrets. Oh, never mind. Uh, Yeah, it's... uh, we paid high dollar for that from a team of uh, Jeff Bezos's best CGI artists. That is right. Uh, so let's get into Quacks at Ball. Now, let's just get to, because actually the men's team, since we last talked, they've only played one game. Uh, they have only played against Oregon State in the Platypus Classic, if you want to call it that. Um and it was a beatdown, my man. It was an absolute beatdown, which makes me feel good going into this game. But we'll see what happens. Um, we beat them 78 to goddamn 56. Wow. And just like we were just talking about Eric Williams Jr. draining that three. Yeah. Uh, the highlight of the game was right before the half. Eric Williams Jr. from three quarters out. You know, you know what I mean? Like not a, not a full court shot, but a three quarter shot. Like basically thing? the three point line of the other side. Yeah. Yeah. About there. Yeah. Um, he just did that thing where it's like, oh, the buzzer's about to, you know, so I'm just going to chuck this. Boom. Goes in. Hits the three, man. From wow. that far out. And it at that point, it gave us a 44 to 25 lead. And we didn't look back. It was ridiculous. That's amazing. Duck shot 55% from the floor. They were 7 of 14 from free throws, which is brutal. Uh, we got to clean that up because that's that's how you close out teams, you know? Right. Right now, we're up 54 to 45 with 10 minutes left to potentially close out our first win in Boulder. But, I in mean, a decade. Is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in our history. We never right, even won that. Right, in our history. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Um. But hitting free throws is a way that you can close teams out. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So it's it's important as hell. You got to get that. Jacob Young was huge in that. He got 17 points, 6 of 10 from the floor, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. Again, he's our wild card. I goddamn love the man. Um, and yeah, I, it was badass as hell. As of right now, because actually Arizona just beat UCLA in a pretty in a pretty great game, actually. Uh, those pause. two teams. What's that? Hold on. You pause. So it's it's just me right here. I, 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 so it's just me. I, I'm just gonna float this. Uh, Arizona actually beat UCLA. It was uh, quite the game if you watched it. But as far as standings go, that leaves UCLA still at the top. They're 16 and two, eight and one. Actually, these have not been updated, so I'm going to stop saying that there. Uh, I'll just say it's actually been a very exciting Pac-12 race, both in the men's side and the women's side. And I'm excited to watch more basketball. I want to hear more Bill Walton. What about y'all? Do y'all like Bill Walton? I imagine if you like this podcast, you're a Bill Walton fan, since we're trying to channel in that energy. Um, but I-, I want more Bill Walton called games for the Ducks. I love him. Uh, specifically, I love it when it's passion, Walton, because you can tell there's some genuine hate in there, and that's what I'm looking for in a duo. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping Bill Walton calls something soon for us. Aaron's back from whatever dark deed he was doing. <laughs> Don't tell them our secrets. Okay, okay. I was not 
going out to my uh, garden of crucifixes that I mm-hmm. pray to in order to change reality on mm. a temporal basis in order for college mm. sports to go my way on the betting line. Oh, so you I weren't was doing not that. doing that. It does seem like you were doing that just because it's, my mind is now just going there because that's the one thing you mentioned you <laughs> well, weren't Don't doing. let it go there. I wasn't okay. doing it. Okay, well, I'm You'll sorry. You'll never catch me, feds. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, like we said, uh, yeah, ducks kick the crap out of the beavers, but that was a while ago. That was like, you know, freaking five days ago. God. Now it's 56 to 47. Just about It's amazing how fast the schedule flies through, dude. Doesn't it? It's... It's incredible. I don't know how anybody can keep up, but you do it. I do watch a lot of ducks. Uh, it's nice when the teams are good. So shall we talk about women's basketball? Because oh, when, dude, they're kind of, I don't want to jinx them as Eric Williams Jr. Secures the rebound. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx them, but women's basketball is kind of looking like almost like, you know, the golden days with Ionescu and Sabley. And the, the only really? difference is, oh, my God, Nafali Dante with the dunk. Huge oh, dunk. Oh, and, and this is what is so great about duck basketball right now is that it really is teams built from the inside out. Like we got the big men or the big woman like next to that. Like that's where the talent is. And then outside, we still got good shooters. We still got talent. We don't have, you know, uh, a Joe Young. We got a Jacob Young. We don't have a Joe Young. We don't have uh, um, Sabrina Ionescu. But we do got Tahina Pow Pow. And she's been doing great. We do got uh, Andrea yeah. Rogers. And, you know, she's got that, like, she's got that, like, that edge that I've especially loved. But more importantly... We got goddamn Niara Sabali, and she is looking, knock on wood, healthy. She's looking dominant as hell, and she looks like, quite frankly, could be the best player in women's college basketball. There, I said it. Yes. Really? Yes, I you am biased. You could say, Adam, she's What's found that? her duck's legs. She's found her duck's legs. Absolutely, Aaron. Um, I'll tell you this. So we played a game against Utah. Utah is not a great team uh, this season, but they do have a good offense. Um, and this one was a one of those bullshit games where the refs had way too much influence on it. But sure. um, we ended up pulling out the win. We won 70 to 66, thanks in large part to Nyara Sobley. 15 points, seven of eight from the floor, two blocks. That's what you got to love to see. Yeah. Uh, and we held the Pac 12's best offense to their third lowest point total of, of uh, the season. Um, we were tied 60 to 60, but Sobley hit a clutch shot. Uh, Shear made a, a good defensive stop, a steal, and we closed out well. Did you just we... say stop the steal? Stop. Who are you? <laughs> oh, my. Well, technically <laughs> I did. So I don't know. If you want to cancel me, go for it. Um, and meanwhile, so one of the reasons why we didn't, here's our biggest weakness. Now, we do have good three-point shooters, but they've been going through some bad streaks every once in a while. And a Kelly Graves team, if you're not hitting the three, it just falls apart, quite frankly. Sure. We, we've, we've, that's always been the case. It truly feels like that. We were one of 14 from, th- from the three-point line 
in the first half. Not good. But we finished 62.5% in the second half from the floor. And that was in large. And we we hit some threes. More than one in the second half. Right. And in the end, I mean, we needed every damn point we could get, clearly. Um, so that was a close one. Then our game against UCLA was canceled. Uh, it was canceled for an interesting reason, actually. It was canceled due to non-COVID related issues, just due to injuries. They just did not have enough players to play. Holy crap. Holy, that's terrible. I will say it's probably a little bit also because of uh, Tiger Campbell. I love that dude. Uh, they just showed him on the screen. I, thought, uh, yeah, I was about to feel like, dude, <laughs> your timing is. <laughs> well, uh, they canceled it because probably partially some people had COVID, but they said officially it was actually more because of non-COVID related issues. Probably a little bit. of It was. Bit of here's what it was. They had injuries, mm-hmm. but then once they realized their playable players were also yeah. with COVID, they were like, we can't play because of injuries. If they weren't in, they forgot about the COVID players. They're like, if these people weren't injured, we'd yeah. be able to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, wow. So, but but it counts as a forfeit for UCLA. So it counts as a win for us. So, sounds good. Oh, brother, Holly Weird is just getting beat up in all the sports. <sighs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, they did lose to Arizona too in men's basketball. So there you go. Um, and then we had a game versus USC. Now, uh, the Trojans' coach wasn't there. They also had a lot of injuries. Uh, coach wasn't there due to COVID. They had a lot of injuries in general, which did not help them out. And not only that, but the Ducks were goddamn on fire. There was no stopping them. And it was another 20-point game from Sabali. She got 23 points, 7 rebounds, almost a double-double. My man Will Richardson with the crucial steal. We're up 58-47 to with 6 minutes left. I know this is the most confusing way to talk about sports going back and forth to different teams. But welcome to the Quack 12. Um, So against USC... If you haven't realized, (laughs) we also spent the majority of an episode watching a basketball game to talk about football <laughs> yeah we're insane but you know how we do uh usc against usc we held them to 26 percent shooting and uh i mean that's what did it they just kept missing shots and we won 80 to 48 kisavoli is a goddamn wow. beast and then after that we played against arizona state the reason why we played so many games is because this was a makeup game against arizona state okay and we beat them too 72 to 58 and again sabali scored 20 points she scored 22 points got six rebounds we had players like Aleel hearse and like taylor hosendove going out there like like we were doing deep bench practice at that point and yeah up next is against number eight arizona against the coach that flipped us off last time right Uh, we're playing in arizona and dude this is a a crucial game but i'm feeling solid as hell about this team they look oh i still believe that game is going to get canceled i mean it's arizona right yeah (laughs) but uh (laughs) hey i hope it's on their part and i hope we get the win i'd rather I'd rather play them and beat them, especially when they're ranked that high, you know? Oh, for but, sure. Uh, yeah, I think we can do it. I mean, we beat them last time. It was kind of a wonky, weird game, but we've only gotten better since then. So I'm stoked. Uh, all of those games we've talked about, all of them happened at Matt night. And for good and for bad, uh, they were packed 
you know, like 7,000 plus in every single game. Um, yeah. So the crowd was there and they were stoked and, uh, ducks are number two in the Pac-12 rankings right now, just behind Stanford. So I'm stoked just behind number two in the country, Stanford. And we're about to play number eight, Arizona. So let's go ducks. Yeah. Let's get some fucking murders going. Absolutely. Proverbial murders on the court, not in real life. <laughs> not in real. We're not OJ Simpson here. We're not no. USD. Doesn't um, he live in Arizona now? Probably. Prob- who knows? Probably on the run. So, that being said, it's been a wonderful week of duck basketball. And now let us finally fully put our attention towards this current game, current as ah. of air. Ah. We're leading 60 to 47. There's 433 left on the clock for what could possibly be Oregon's first win in Boulder, Colorado. It would feel like a pretty big damn win, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, Especially after beating USC, beating UCLA. It feels like we can compete. I mean, people are starting. It's no longer a question. I mean, it's still definitely a question, but... You're you're hearing a lot more commentators being like, okay, Oregon's gonna be in the tournament. You know, it, it seems like less of a question if we're gonna make the tournament. Uh, it'd be nice not to be that 16th seed. Uh, you know sure. what I mean? Um, wow, we got a 15 point lead. Uh, Jacob it, Young, 21 points so far. Hell yeah. Ooh, doesn't. Oh, what a whiff. Airball, Colorado. We got that length too. We affect every damn shot. I mean, you could say this for both teams too. Right. Now, here's the thing though. Mm -hmm. Doesn't the 16 seed one, it comes with that dark horse energy. So that's epic. And you definitely want that in your story for when you win Mm -hmm. the whole thing. So that'd be great. I'm fine with 16 seed there, but it's also that the first game would be against a first seed team. Is that correct? That's, that's correct. Um, I well, think tell, we could beat them. I'll tell you this: who, if if we were ranked 16, which to be ranked 16, if we win this game that we're going to win right now, it would mean we'd probably have to have a bad showing in the Pac-12 tourney and probably drop so the right amount of games that doesn't knock us out of contention, but at the right. same time makes us look bad. We only have so many games left. I mean, you know yeah. what though, dude, it's possible. I'm not going to say as you, as, as you spell it out. I'm like, I feel like I've, that seems like <laughs> some duck shit to do. <laughs> it's, it's been in the time. I mean, I feel bad for you, my man. Cause you've never f- seen a fully, You've never seen duck men's basketball when they're at their truly elite. You saw that run when like Peyton Pritchard was the team. Right. And that was fun, but it still felt like, I don't know, it felt a little like, I hope it's he can do it. Michael Jordan on not the bulls. Yeah. No you joke. know what I mean? When he's surrounded by just other players. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does feel, it's like watching old Jordan on the wizards almost. Yeah. There <laughs> but, you go. Uh, but, um, and that was a fun team to watch, and it got canceled due to, you know, blah, 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 uh, due to COVID. But that team wasn't like watching the Ducks truly in their prime. When I mean, when, oh, dear Lord, when Chris Boucher was there, when Jordan Bell was there, when Dylan Brooks was there, it was so damn fun to watch. And yeah. we got all the way to the Elite Four, or, or the Final Four, and um, it was just like nothing I've ever seen before. This team is... It's not quite there, but I mean, don't judge Dana, don't count Dana Elman out of it. Man. Right. Uh, 
Well, we'll see okay. what happens. You bring up an interesting thing here that seems to be a pretty running uh, mindset in college sports, which is that people tend to want to equate current things with either mm-hmm. being better or worse than mm-hmm. a before time. That's a very good. And there's point, like yeah. always glory days. Mm-hmm. So as a fan who is devoted and committed as yourself, mm-hmm. at what point do you stop trying to do the comparison of like, well, if only we had a blah, 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 and a yokity smokity. That's a good point. And then also on top of that, how do you mm-hmm. parse that out? And then also be totally fine with the fact that it's just like a wheel or a, uh, you know, it's just a revolving door of people coming through. It's hard to see how you can get really stoked on players when they'll just be gone. Well, I think with this team in particular, uh, I, I, do, I agree what you mean, but with Dana Altman, he, you know, the man aligns uh, Rubik's Cubes. That's all he goddamn does. He fixes the right. Rubik's Cube. And by, by that, we mean he's always been so good at getting those transfer players and just plugging them in to the spot and then getting them within in one year ready to do it. That right. really is his superpower. Now, with this, I think it's just... And, and I think it's it's more when you have the coaching continuity. Like, you know what Dana Altman wants his team to be like. And so you start to see those positions uh, of like, of like oh, I, I've seen a Nafali Dante-esque player. I've seen, you know, and, uh, and like, I've seen what a big man can do for this defense and for this team when he's locked in or I've seen, I've seen what like Will Richardson. We're hoping he's going to be a Peyton Pritchard, but I do agree with you. You got it. Like this isn't that team. It's, it's a team with like different forms of depth, but not quite the talent of some of our best teams, but you never know how that's going to stack up in March madness. Cause it's freaking well, it's- mad. See, yeah. this is the part that is confusing, right? Is that you can specifically go back to a time when it was great. But mm-hmm. like at that point when it was great, were you like, this is awesome because this is the greatest we've ever done? Or were you like, this is great because I'm having fun because we're winning? And it wasn't until you saw shittiness afterwards that you were <laughs> like, that was great back then, y'all. Uh, at the time... I mean, when we were really going on that run, which I, uh, you know, my brain is is garbage because of uh, mostly marijuana. But um, 2016 to 2017 season, I do believe that is when it was. That particular season, I was, I mean, and a lot of Duck fans were, we recognized what we had. We potentially had the greatest team. And not only that, but as the tournament went on and we like, we went to Kansas who was a very heavily favored team and we were basically playing on their home turf. Um, We went there and we smoked them and it felt like, holy hell, we can truly do it. And in the final four, we came down to like one, if we were to blocked out the rebound, we could have potentially had like a a game winner, go to the championship game uh, championship against uh, you know, and we lost to the team that ended up winning it against UNC. So, wait, you're so, telling me that even at our best, we didn't take the whole thing? 
Well, I mean, technically, if you want to talk about our best, we got to go back to the tall furs when they only allowed white basketball players. No, nope, um, we're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> you asked, man. Yeah. Technically, they won a national championship. They won the first ever national championship. Doesn't count. It's the like first one. It's such a mulligan. <laughs> uh, they're actually those. I only used those photos in the uh, basketball uh, intro. Awesome. Video. I was wondering. <laughs> to all those old weirdos You're like were. who the hell are these old white corny yeah. looking men yeah. before the three-point game too so it was a shitty game quite frankly wow yeah 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 but a lot uh, of backboard my kind of playing oh that's all it would be it would just be like everyone go to the hoop and try to get it when it bounces on it holy that's shit so aaron we're gonna win in boulder we're up by 17 points and there's less than 46 seconds left Colorado. You know, also, I was going to say that uh, I was going to use a Vosserism, if you will, mm -hmm. and say we're also only three points away from 69, which is the number to clinch it, right? That's true. That's he said first to 69. So let's see. Look, oh, I was about to be like, he's about to drop it right now. <laughs> that is, uh, I, I, I will say, it. surprisingly low score. Yeah. Well, this is what I've liked about watching Dana Altman basketball. Is it is at, like a lot of people talk about how great the offense is. It really is, in my opinion, a lot more focused on that defense um, and turning that defense into points. That is when it's Bro. truly at its best. Turn it into a machine of just. Yeah, we just we're winning the game right now. Oh, the three. Oh, I wouldn't. Wiffle so balls. Bad. That would have been 69. Would have been dope. Would have made me go nice. Um. Yeah. It I mean, was just run out the clock. Why are you okay? Yeah. Whatever. We yeah, did it's it. A whatever moment. Who goddamn throw cares? it, fool? Oh. We want it, Jacob Young. Throw it down, young man. I love it. And it's it's tough not to compare like Jacob Young's game to his brother's game because he was those teams. I'll tell you that because that was when I was in college. Is we were a team that was straight up not very good. But well, sure. we had one really good player. And a lot of times he would just, it would just be, get him the ball, goddammit. And that was the game. Uh, and that was his brother, you know. Oh, uh, fun. My, Mighty Joe Young. And he he made some clutch shots, still playing in the NBA. But it's not, so it's it's just nice to have that familiarity, familiarity quite frankly. We yeah, did that it. Is fun. So, uh, James, um, we love talking to you. But you're banned from the podcast forever because clearly you're a jinx. <laughs> the verdict is in. You're banned for life. You're banned. No. Son. Banned no. for watch alongs. You're banned for what? We're, we will never do a watch along with you again. That is Ever. Um, yeah. So, uh, holy shit. I can't believe we actually. And we actually just won that one. broke the streak. We just broke the streak, baby. Uh, 66 to 51 is the final score there. Jacob Young, 21 points, two rebounds. Bravo. Below him. Will Richardson, 13 points, one rebound. Bravo. Uh, ooh, Quincy Guerrier, nine points, nine rebounds. Pretty damn close. And then uh, Eric Williams Jr., nine points, seven rebounds. We wow. That's it's crucial. You got to get your boards, baby. You got to get your boards. Um, that was a big time win. You know, we're probably not winning the Pac-12 regular season, but I would love to get in a good place going into that Pac-12 tournament. And hopefully we don't get upset by the goddamn Beavers this season. <laughs> Remember that when we got in that Pac-12 tournament, and the Beavers just came and kicked our. Yeah, I do. That was not I fun. actually remember that. 
Holy shit, you actually remember a game? I do. That's amazing. I don't remember the game. I remember the feeling. You remember I remember feel- when it happened. Hey. I remember the moment hey. in time. Exactly. Uh, feeling good about that one. What are your thoughts? And uh, what I want to know about about you, Aaron, right now is is does duck basketball, whether it's men's or women's basketball, does either of these teams is it intriguing to you? Is it interesting to you right now? Is, is no, the thought no? Is the thought, <laughs> what about like? Are you at least intrigued by the idea of like when we get to the Pac-12 tournament? Yeah, if we March tournaments, Madness tournaments are enjoyable. Yes, a lot of fans Seasons feel that. Way. Are like yeah. here's the thing though too, right? Is there's so much more basketball to be played? Yes, so football yeah. really is like a you got to watch every one because you're only getting this treat for a very limited amount of time. That's true. Whereas true. football's like, my God, when is it? Yeah. What was this today? Jeez, yeah. you know. So once it gets to the tournament and things become more definite Mm -hmm. that's when it actually does become fun and interesting i get you no i and a lot of people feel that way and and honestly i do like too um but because really when you're watching regular season unless it's an amazing game you know every once in a while you just get those amazing games but it's the real pleasure you can get out of it is just learning about the team it's the friends you make along the way right you know what i mean you said Uh, there's you know what Mm -hmm. they should make it to where the season is a giant tournament. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I'll, I'll tell you this. A lot of people, for a lot of people, college basketball is March Madness, and that is truly it. Yeah. And hey, no power to you. March Madness is, in my opinion, like the most fun sporting event. I yeah. love March Madness more than, uh, I mean, I like watching the World Cup and basketball. For me personally, yes, because you wow. sucks at the World Cup. There was that one in the group of death kind of run. That was a fun, uh, yeah. fun time. But, I yeah, yeah, I said Stanley Cup, also a great one. Yeah, but you're a big fan of that. If you could make, if you could make college basketball a four month long tournament, and it's not like one tournament. It can be like you know these are this division's tournament, this division's tournament, this division's tournament. So you've kind of got like a featherweight vibe and a middleweight and then the heavyweight, blah, blah, bloop. Mm-hmm. Well, and divide the schools up like that and then just make it a four-month <laughs> tournament. My man, you're talking... Well, okay. It's not the four-month tournament, but it it is a... Uh, once you get into... At the end of conference play, each conference has their own mini tournaments. Maybe we'll pay a little more attention to all the other ones because it is fun. Uh, Here's what we should do. Months, but what's that? I think you're just reinventing March Madness, but continue. Yeah, uh, basically what I'm doing now, just get rid of everything before the conference player or whatever you just said. Let's get rid of all that and mm-hmm. just start with Pac-12 tournaments, AE or whoever else tournaments, <laughs> SEC tournaments, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'll say this. Um, I think I love you. I think you're a great, smart guy, and I think you're very talented. Uh, once but- again... Maybe everything you said is just absolute trash. Doesn't make much sense to me and drags down the podcast. Yeah. But I respect your opinion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That being said, um, all right. We held the buffs to 38% from shooting from the floor. That is a 19 to 49. So that's why we won this game because a goddamn duck defense. Uh, 26% 
from three point range. Uh, meanwhile, we shot 41% from the floor and 28% from three point range. So, you know, that Colorado defense is for real too. But I mean, luckily, we were able to at least get to 66 points. We had only three block shots, they had three block shots. A block shot is one of the most interesting things in basketball, even though actually it's not even that good for your team because it's most likely going to the other team if you block a shot. Right. Uh, but I love it. Uh, maybe I'm just a Chris Boucher sucker, but hey, we won this one. Uh, go Ducks. That's all I got to say. Um, go Aaron, Ducks. Aaron, I, I feel like this March Madness, we're going to get you finally addicted to Duck basketball. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> we'll find out if I ever get addicted to quack. Oh, you did it. You did it in one. Uh, listeners, you know, we love you so much. Uh, this episode came out a little bit late because we wanted to watch AEW and we wanted to watch this game and actually recap what was going on. Um, once again, please join the Quack 12 Patreon for some very fun content there, including our Oregon Ducks football history series, Quack in Time, Duck D&D. Uh, we've got rivalry reviews in which we review the history between Oregon and different Pac-12 opponents. Got a lot of fun stuff there, and it helps support the show. Also, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And uh, that helps us a lot, too. Leave a comment. Helps people actually find us at Quack 12 Podcast on Twitter and such. We love you. Oh, by the way, here's the real homework here. We are literally two followers away from 1,000 followers on Twitter. So you can be that 1,000th follower. And if you are that 1,000th follower, we'll give you a shout-out. We'll Dude. give you a shout-out on the show. Also, I just want to say how impressive that is in the sea of the Twitterverse mm -hmm. to be able to climb up to a solid 1K followers. That's, an, that's a feat beyond feats. So those two extra people to get us there, we literally at that point could probably start getting people to pay for us to do this with ads. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And then we so quit our job. So followers so I can go sell out hard. Absolutely. Uh, uh, we love y'all. Um, it's been a fun time. Uh, please follow us once again on Twitter. And uh, go Ducks! Go Ducks! <laughs>